I think you know, I know, the American people know what we need to do right now. I could stay awake. <laughs> oh, you're going to do the whole thing? Just to hear you breathe. <clears throat> Sorry. Can we take that again? Uh, I can stay. <laughs> I feel this? good about the Why vocal fry raspy? at the beginning. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. The rest of it could use work. Don't want a clue. I just immediately go to a Muppet voice because I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, that's what Americans do when they're uncomfortable. That's, what, that's how Steven Tyler got his patented voice. <laughs> well, he does look like he is a, a skin Muppet. Like if, if James Gum from Silence of the Lambs made a Muppet, it would look like Steven Tyler. Made does, out of women's skin. He does look like, who's the um, Janice in Electric Mayhem? Yeah, like <gasps> if, if Janice and Dr. Teeth had a baby, yeah. it would be Steven Tyler. To your inner child is an idiot, the podcast where we revisit things from your childhood and wonder if they were any good to begin with. DJ, hello. Hello, Damon. How are you? Thank you. That was a good, because it was conversation. You introduced me, I introduced you. Thank you. That's what we call a tet for tet, tet a tet. That is 71 episodes of expertise at work. We know what we're doing now. We're finally getting the hang of it. Ah, it's called a tet a tet, which is Latin for hand to hand. This is where you come for your knowledge. This podcast. That's why they called it in Vietnam. It was a hand offensive. Hand offensive. Offensive they just of kept the hand. slapping them. It's because their hands uh, smelled bad. So it was offensive. And it was offensive to yeah. my, my olfactory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Today we were talking about, well, this is, you know what we're talking about. This is the second, this is the oh, second okay. of our two-part installment of a mm-hmm. multi-part Stay series yep. of movies that are the same concept coming out in the same year. This is Armageddon that we're talking about today, 1998. We talked about Dimpact. We're going to talk about Mageddon here. Yep. Um, Old Geddon. Old old Geddon. Which is also... Old Man Geddon. The Bibles that they put in the hotels. Geddon Bibles. The Geddons come Mm -hmm. by and drop off their Bibles. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the more famous... They're so short. They cut out the good stuff, and they're like, ah, you wanted the Jesus stuff, right? And I'm like, no, I wanted the anger, the fire, and the brimstone. Give me that. People fighting giants with slingshots. That's what I want. The the stoning homosexuals in the street. That's that sweet, sweet Bible action I came for. And you're giving me a bunch of hippy-dippy, trust fund baby Jesus nonsense. (laughs) See, I'm a a Leviticus guy. I just want a list of rules. (laughs) And you, you want the Armageddon stuff. That's why this is your favorite movie. This is why it's my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. It's why I haven't watched it in 15 years, because <laughs> I like to hold back from pleasuring myself. Don't say pleasuring myself. Um, <laughs> because, because of all those Gideon Bibles, I was like, no, don't watch your favorite movie over and over again. Watch it once, put it away for 15 years, come back to it. Well, you know the say, or, you know, as a discredited scientist, uh, Jonah Lair once said, you know, every time you recall <laughs> a memory, it, it, uh, you're rewriting it in your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he was handsome, so we know he, he was He has right. glasses. He does have glasses. But he's one of those, he's got an opposite Superman syndrome where he's only attractive with the glasses. Oh, have you seen him and without? You take it, and you're like, you guys like, kind of like, did you date? Kind Jonah of fish-like. Mm. Kind of fish-like. Yeah, you said that. <laughs> <laughs> fish-like. This one of the two... This is the big one. Yeah. This is the, the two the big Earth boy. destroying movies that came out this year. This was this was the one. This was the one that people were 
I think Remember More that was a bigger box office smash that had the bigger stars. Had the bigger song. Had a huge song. Huge. First, oh, number one. I was blown away to find this out. First number one for Aerosmith. Was it really? Yeah. Mm. At least on the pop charts. I thought for sure it would have been, uh, loving in elevator. No, people loving don't like. Eugene has got no, a No, people gun. are like, no. Bang, bang. Here's it. First off, school shootings. Not cool. Ooh. Second off, how much love are you going to get in an elevator? You got like, what, 45 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself there, buddy. Mm. Wait. 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 Okay. Um, we got Bruce Willis. We got Brew Brew. We got, we got, uh. Peak Affleck. Okay, like, this is the one where you're like, oh, that's what they were talking about when you so, see Ben Affleck in this movie. I miss this, and part of it is, you know, just being straight and letting it gloss over me, I guess, but <laughs> I didn't realize he was ever a heartthrob, because I always thought he was the the underling to Matt Damon's clear talent. No! Uh, there was, I remember there was a fierce split when I was a gay, a wee gay, um, in high school, uh, because I couldn't be open about my sexuality, I would just study and memorize uh, all the things that women would do uh, regarding men and then resent the men who were receiving that attention <laughs> because they were so Sounds attractive. They brought super up super healthy. Oh, it was great. Um, but the women were split between uh, in the Goodwill Hunting days, the GWH days. They liked Matt Damon or they liked Ben Affleck. Really? And then the weirdos that liked Casey Affleck. Get out of here. I feel like the, I always thought that the people that liked Ben Affleck and certainly Casey Affleck were the ones that were just like uh, Lance Bass is my favorite, and you're like, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> Lance Bass is no one's favorite. You're just or you run into those Chris Kirkpatrick ones, and you're like, you should be in a mental institution. Yeah, that's Casey Affleck for certainly now. When you know, anyway, um, that he's a horrible person. Yeah, but I mean, he's a dark, allegedly he's a horrible dark person. gray horrible person, not a, a pitch black horrible person. So we got Liv Tyler uh, creepily being sung to by her father. Yeah, her a- father is taking the guise of Ben Affleck's character, presumably, yes. to sing about his own daughter and how he misses taking her to Poundtown. It is a weird sort of... And loving her. It's a weird sort of Ivanka Trump thing we got going yeah, on there. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Well, she's also in those videos. She was in... Uh, yeah, yeah, that's where it crazy? started. Yeah. And I was crazy? like, don't put your own daughter in it. Crying? Amazing? She wasn't in Crying. Okay. She was in Crazy. I don't know about Amazing. No, wait. Which one's Crazy? Crazy! Crazy! Are you, baby? It's the uh, Aerosmith-assance. Mm-hmm. When they came back. When they were sober and were like, you're not gonna do it. And they were like, yeah, we are for a few songs. I think, wasn't this, like, this was even like a, uh, because their first comeback was Run DMC. Right. Their the, their second comeback was the was that era with mm-hmm. the Liv Tyler videos. I feel like this is a third comeback, but, and it may be just it's a smaller. I feel like this was era. This was sort of like Constantine just, moving the capital of Rome to Constantinople. Like this right. was like the beginning of the end. Like this was like <laughs> the this is over. We're we're ending this soon. The Visigoths will be sacking this. Very You're gonna way. release pink. Everybody's gonna be like, what is that? <laughs> oh, it's about vaginas. Yeah, good one. But it still is on my workout mix, and I don't know why. <laughs> He's going to wrap you in rubber. <laughs> Gross. Um, so we talked about the song. Okay. Um, this one also has, isn't Steve Buscemi in it? Yes. Um, isn't uh, Green Mile in this? Green Mile. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan. Oh, yeah. Is He's he in this? It? Yeah. And uh, Billy Bob Thornton is not Billy the Bob president. Thornton. He is the assistant to the president. 
Billy One Bob- might say a vice president. He's not the he's not the vice president. No. He's like the NASA director yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. He's the like Do we see the president in this one? What if it's also Morgan Freeman and this is like taking What if there are two meteors heading towards Earth and there's like one on one side of the Earth and one on the other and like Morgan Freeman's the president in both of these. They take place in the same universe. What if that's the case? Wow. That's not the case. Oh, that's definitely not. I'm trying to think of who the president is. I don't know. Tom Petty. He's not a main character. <laughs> Would you ask Tom Petty if he was the NASA director? <laughs> I, well, do you no. Think, do you think Billy Bob Thornton was furious that he didn't get the single, like that Aerosmith single? Was he doing music at this time? Who knows? Probably. And he probably music? thought he was really big. Has he ever done music? Oh, high five. Give it to me. That was the sound of my... That, that's my Foley work. That's a great high five sound. It also works on dogs Flawless. to get them off the chair. It sounds like you got a spray bottle, which totally. <laughs> um, um, we also asked for your input, what memories you had of Armageddon. Flawless. Um, we got a voicemail from a friend of the podcast, guest of the podcast, lawyer of the podcast, unofficially. Yeah, he's not. We haven't. We don't have him on retainer. Um, Caleb Mundy. So is that a phrase people use? We're gonna listen to that real quick. Yeah. Hey, Caleb Mundy here, attorney at law. I am calling about the movie Armageddon, which I saw in the theaters. Uh, with a large group of rowdy, rude young men who talked and joked their way all the way through it. Funny story, the next day, my friend was working as a bag boy at a local grocery store. A woman came up, recognized him as one of the people who talked their way through the movie, and thanked him for making it better because it was such a bad movie. But the most important thing I took away from Armageddon is one of those guys right when the previews ended and the screen went dark and the theater went quiet right in that space he whispered at a very loud audible whisper hey i heard this is a good movie and the whole theater cracked up and i have now taken that joke and i use that uh anytime i'm seeing really just highly anticipated movies it goes over like gangbusters for a highly anticipated star wars sequel which i've always had fun with uh favorite cookie probably chocolate chunk macadamia nuts and uh do with this recording whatever you feel like you need to i i guess i ask in the message what their favorite cookie is i don't know uh first off caleb you don't have to brag that you saw this in the theaters we all saw it on the theaters yeah you know, just because you got a rich dad who's taking <laughs> you to the theater all the time so were you friends with these bastards talking through the movie I don't think something I do on the reg. Don't get me wrong. You talk through movies on the reg. I don't talk, but I I do whisper. I do appreciate a real life stage whisper, though. Yeah. So, props to your friend for doing a stage whisper is hard to master, and it's hard to nail that right that that timing just right. Yeah, I think I think we can all just go ahead and start doing that in movies now. Yeah, that's now we gotta spread out because we can't be in the same movie because then we'll have to like time mm-hmm. it differently. Yeah. And then if somebody else does it, you're like, I was gonna do that. So it's like um, the laser pointer trick. If you, I'll start a Google Doc uh, and we'll kind of claim regions. So <laughs> regions uh, of the country. We're doing this. Well, no, no, no. Just even even you know parts of the city. Like I'm not gonna go over to your neighborhood. No, yeah, that I, pre- I appreciate that. That's my territory. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Me and the sharks will be uh, running that that side of town. Um. We also uh, got some information. Apparently, my friend Chad. Uh, oh right, I was in this music video. 
for he was a silhouetted string player. He's not a string player, but I guess they just needed people. They just needed a shadow, really. We just need your shape. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Chad. I'm sure you're still getting money off of that. Oh yeah, he's got that Living sweet, sweet residge. High off the hog. That sweet, silhouette sweet money. Residge money. Residge. Uh, we also have to give props to Dana for memorizing the entire <laughs> Animal Cracker dialogue. So there's I can't wait to follow up scene, on that. And I remembered it even before she said something. There's there's a scene that is, uh, I feel like pretty famous for the from this movie where they're uh, kind of before Ben Affleck has to say goodbye and go up into space and go face first into a asteroid. Uh, That's, I think, the plot. He and uh, Liv Tyler are, you know, flirtatiously doing it, doing it hanging field. out and they're picnicking in a... Ben Affleck used, we should have gotten, gotten animal crackers to eat tonight. Oh, yeah, recording. that's a missed opportunity. I should have also gotten my ragweed allergies ready, <laughs> since those would have been affected as well. But he does a little uh, play acting with the animal crackers on her body in a risque sort of way. Oh, which apparently was wow. too risque. I don't know, it was a little too risque for, for Dana's parents or Dana's got in trouble for it or something. I don't know. Why She's not an executive producer. She's know. not the cinematographer <laughs> for this film. Uh, let's talk about Liv Tyler, since we always unpack my sexual baggage on the show. Are yeah. you, what's you, what are your, what were, and maybe are, your feelings towards, uh, Liv Tyler um, at the time? She seems, I'm gonna ask you a question, then I'm gonna answer it. Yeah. She seems too beautiful, where it seems like, it's almost like, yeah, you have to cast her as an elf in Lord of the Rings, because she doesn't look like of this earth. Liv, Liv Tyler is absolutely beautiful. Um, I was, Is she a source of energy? Like, she... She, she like seems to literally be radioactively glowing. She can be tapped into for that if necessary. <laughs> I was more of an Alicia Silverstone guy, though. Okay, all right. Uh, in those videos, especially. Uh, I mean, it's not like I was like, "Ooh, Liv Tyler, get out of here!" But, get out of here, troll. Yeah, but but that she was more my speed. And unfortunately, just because of current events, I was actually more of a Stacy Dash guy in the Clueless Clueless movie. Oh yeah. But uh, she's cray-cray now. um, Don't forget to sign up to vote, California. So, uh, also, we have to to acknowledge that uh, Jamie on Facebook acknowledges Ben Affleck's hotness in in the T-shirt, the sleepless T. Oh, right, yes. So, was he your choice? Oh, no, I was way too closeted when this movie came out. I was going through a lot of Jesus stuff at the time. Sure. Um, and Especially I got I to hand it to me because like, I don't have a lot of memories. Like sometimes I got to hand it to me. <laughs> sometimes when I revisit these movies, I was like, how did I miss how gorgeous this man was? Yeah. Um, I just really, you know, I had a closet in a closet. <laughs> like even if I opened the closet door, there was still another door. That's where you keep your shoes. <laughs> well, yeah. You like a, a foyer to the closet. Yeah. Um, so I think I have watched this movie like some not somewhat recently, but like within the last ten or fifteen years. And yeah. I remember being like, "Hello," probably said it like that, and I probably made an old timey car horn noise. Oh, um, but uh, I think he's handsome. But at the time, I don't. Th- I think I was just like, "Oh, look at that guy! Ooh, what a jerk! I hate Ben Affleck! Ooh, get out of here, you! You're not talented." And this is like uh, even at this point, Bruce Willis is. Too craggy already? I mean, like, he's got some carryover charisma, but he's already the old guy, right? He's still, he's sort of, I think he's in his whispering phase, which he never left since, like, (laughs) where he just sort of whispers everything. And then maybe slightly smirks, but that's as much as you'll get out of him. 
pops out his harmonica and goes to right. town. And then shaves his head. Well, I think it was, like, he's like a Samson figure. Like, once he decided I'm going bald, like, that was it. That's the end of the charm bomb. Do you think that... Charm bomb has been diffused. Do you think Bruce Willis, Billy Bob Thornton, and uh, Steven Tyler slash Liv Tyler just jammed on set? Would, would just Liv Tyler all, jam? Uh, I don't know. She probably does music. Don't I feel like they all would play harmonica. <laughs> I think Bruce Willis is the only one that plays harmonica. Oh, no, Steven Tyler plays, yeah. plays harmonica too. What does Billy Bob play? Guitar? I have no idea. But I'll tell you what. He plays whatever Tom Petty plays, but you shouldn't bring it up. Okay, so let's watch Armageddon. Let's see what happens. Let's watch the world get blown up. I think this Again. Be, if, if Deep Impact was as enjoyable as it was, uh, I think this one's going to be fine. I think we've spoiled ourselves for Armageddon. Maybe. All right, it's on uh, Netflix as of uh, March 2018, so we're going to watch Armageddon. Watch it with us. We'll be back in a little bit. You know what I like the most about the internet? <laughs> uh, the alt-right blogs? In a way. Revenge porn? The, that too. Great content. That's what I like. <laughs> like the two examples I've just yes, cited. <laughs> just like that. Also like this podcast. And mm-hmm. uh, it, a good way to support great content is through Patreon.com. They're going to appreciate this ad, I think. Ugh. But you can support this podcast, <laughs> patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. Uh, you can become a supporter. You can give a dollar per episode. You can give $2. You can give as much as you or as little as you want. Um, and uh, you'll get different reward tiers. I'm going to help us keep creating this podcast. Keep producing that great internet content. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's shit. <laughs> Patreon, help us keep making it. Patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. The internet. It's shit. <laughs> the more you know. We are back. We watched Armageddon for the last... Almost three fucking hours. Jesus Christ. And there we're were back. no hobbits in this movie. That's true. At Too least, many hours at for least no hobbits. In Impact, there was one. There was. Okay. Recap this for me, Damon. You oh. have you have 30 seconds. Go. Uh so New York starts getting pelted by a bunch of tiny little meteorites. And uh, are you counting the second? Oh, yeah. now I'm just more tense. Oh, ah, uh, four, three. Um, and, uh, you know, some buildings get exploded. Uh, uh, Eddie Griffin and Mark Curry are there. It's not a big deal. Of course they are. Why wouldn't and, they be? Um, that's when NASA realizes there is an asteroid the size of Texas headed towards Earth and it will strike in 18 days. So they decide that they're going to drill a bomb into the middle of the asteroid and they hire uh, Harry Stamper to do it. Is this my last two seconds? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not going to make it. They hire Bruce Willis to do it. Uh, he's got some issues with his daughter fucking some dude. But they Who sort doesn't? of mend it. They go through basic training in astronaut school. Him and his daughter? Which would have been a fun romp in an 80s movie, Astronaut mm-hmm. School. Yeah. Uh, probably less sexist than this movie turned out, which is saying <laughs> something. You've got a wide berth with 80s sex comedies, but 
still, I think you could have cleared the Armageddon bar. Um, anyway, they get to the asteroid. Hijinks ensue. Blow em ups happen. But, you know, the most important blow em up of all happens, which splits the asteroid in twain and sends it careening in an obstacle course that does not include Earth anymore. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Bruce Willis has to die to do it, but uh, Ben Affleck still gets to fuck Liv Tyler in the end. But and we, then Steven Tyler sings a song about Ben Affleck fucking his daughter. Over his actual daughter. Footage of his actual daughter getting married to Ben Affleck fictionally. Fiction. It's fiction. It's the power of fiction. That's Armageddon. Good job. Uh... Let's talk about the things in this movie. Okay, Ugh. there's a lot of things. we got a lot to get through. Let's recap. This is going to be really great. The logo. Let's start with the logo. <laughs> so this is a Let's Michael... Let's just dive in deep. Anyway, the logo. This the kerning a... was off? The kerning was not great. This is a Michael Bay joint, which is very important to know because this has all the blamos. <laughs> has... Wherever a blamo can be put, it is put. Yes. He spares no blamos. Um, and that includes blowing up the logo while out of fucking nowhere, Charlton Heston is narrating the dinosaur killing meteor that just in case you forgot, ago. there were dinosaurs at some point on Earth and they may have died out from an asteroid. Still some debate within the scientific community. Right. Um, Charlton Heston is here to give a voiceover about that and never return for the remainder of the film. Bizarre. Was it how 19- much do you think he got paid? I'm saying one fifty to three hundred thousand. I'm going to say a cement mixer full of AR-15s, <laughs> which he chewed up with his teeth. Yeah. Um, star-studded this movie. Eddie Griffin, Keith David again, another always here when the Earth is in trouble. Mark Curry, <laughs> Mark Curry, of, surprisingly hanging with Mr. Cooper fame, mm-hmm. and this was post. Hanging with me. He's done hanging at Isn't this Isn't this point. mid-Cooper? No, this is 1998. We would have been 16. I feel like hanging with Mr. Cooper is off the air by now. Okay, I never watched Mr. Cooper. Was nor it? did I hang with him. Uh, research break. Keep talking. Please. Uh, oh, uh, hey, uh, audience. What's up? Uh, you can talk about the movie. I can still hear you. Do you know that J.J. Abrams was a writer on this film? That's something we learned from the credits. Some of some of the very few credits that did not explode. Um, <laughs> they exploded in my heart. I think probably one of the most unrealistic things in this movie, which also includes, you know, uh, jumping a Mars rover over a Grand Canyon-sized <laughs> chasm, but is Bruce Willis's and Billy Bob Thornton's hairpieces. Ooh, yeah. Which you can tell that even Michael Bay is like, this is a bridge too far. Let's just keep the camera right at their forehead and just keep them out. Because those lace fronts aren't fooling anyone. Yeah. Uh, it was weird looking. Bruce Willis isn't a blonde. We all know he's not a blonde. The woman you've hired to play his daughter is notoriously unblonde. <laughs> Why are you insisting on making him like this surfer bleach blonde? He's not, qu- he's not quite Fifth Element Blonde, which is okay, because that's like a super... Right, because that's like... Futuristic, like weird Chris hair. Chris Tucker kind of is this gay, straight, yeah. prince knockoff. Why not have him bleach blonde? But in this one, it's like, well, he's sort of realistically blonde, but no, it's unsettling. Yeah. It's like, I've seen a blonde person before movie. I may not have seen an asteroid, but I've seen a blonde person. 
I have to. I know what they look like. I was in the middle of researching uh, hanging with Mr. Cooper, uh, which, by the way, ended just before it ended in '97. So why would was, you hire Mark Curry to play a taxi cab driver for one scene? I feel like Michael Bay likes to either either he just like has a lot of bros or he likes to call in favors or something. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they paid them, but like Eddie Griffin, also a popular comic. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't as popular as he is now then, but he would have been known. Is Eddie Griffin popular now? Mm, I mean, is there an undercover brother too that's in the works that I'm not aware of? I remember liking that movie, but that would maybe be a good one to revisit because it might be <laughs> stupid. Um, but I want to rewind because I was mid-research. I was like – I had the books everywhere. Mm-hmm. You saw yeah. me. I was in the you library. Were like, you were like Gandalf and Minas Tirith researching the ring. History. Sure. Um, and other things. Was Now, this movie came out 20 years ago, which fuck time. Again, uh, with the numbers you have to attach to things. Um did people not know that an asteroid killed the dinosaurs 20 years ago? That's the biggest break I can give this film. I mean, if they didn't know it from their studies, surely they would have known from the 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 prelude to the Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> what if it didn't? <laughs> what if it split us into two dimensions? Or at least from Jurassic Park, didn't they talk about it then, you know? No, because that was, they turned into birds. It's like you haven't even fucking seen the movie. I haven't. Maybe I, that's why they had to have Charlton Heston in. We need a, we need Moses to come in and tell these people they did not turn into birds. There was a big asteroid. Yeah. That sounds like something he would do. Is this an anti-evolution movie? I don't know. It's it's a little right wing in their treatment of, <laughs> of, of Greenpeace. Of almost everyone. <laughs> Uh, but certainly in their treatment of Greenpeace, he's hitting golf balls. When we first meet Bruce Willis's character, that's he's true. That's his... to ZZ Top's Lagrange. He's one of the very few non Aerosmith songs in this movie. <laughs> he's hitting golf balls at a Greenpeace boat, which is like ah, uh, hilarious. They're trying to right, and he works on an oil uh, rig. Oil rig mm. in the it's called a rig, Damon. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, he's hitting off the rig at Greenpeace, then screaming mm. at them, and they're like. You know, they're being hippies or whatever. There's also um, some pro-Second Amendment portions of this, mostly sure. in that in this movie, threatening to murder a fellow human being yeah. will not be a barrier to you becoming close friends within mere minutes. It's played for yucks. Him sh- actually shooting a gun at Ben Affleck because he's dating his boink and his daughter mm-hmm. is like... Played for laughs. Right. And he actually... And he's shoots, shooting at him. He shoots him. He, I mean, through ricochet, but still, that counts. He hits him. He also shoots glass. Yeah. Hits a window that's between them. Where, Don't where other people are behind. Oh, yeah. In a workplace where oil is being drilled over the ocean. Um... But I don't think any disaster has ever happened to an oil rig in the ocean, right? Mm, I can't really... Hasn't been documented. Doesn't seem Um, like a thing that would happen. Don't forget also, later in Act 3, William Stryker holds a gun to Bruce Willis's face. Mm. But then later they're like, cool. They're like, uh, William Stryker calls Bruce Willis, posthumously, the bravest man he's ever known. William Stryker? Yeah, a shredder. Oh, okay. Is that his name in the Ninja Turtles one? No, that's his name in life. I thought it was like Fichtner. Oh, yeah. 
William Fickner. Who's Stryker? Isn't that from X-Men? Ted Stryker. <laughs> there is Colonel Stryker from X-Men. Yeah. Then Ted Stryker from Airplane. Yeah. Why did I call him Stryker? Is his character's name Stryker? Maybe that's his name. In- What's his name? In- I'm going to find out what his name is in Ninja Turtles. Please, by all means. Eric Sachs is his name in the Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, yeah. What's his name in this, though? Colonel Sharp. Colonel William Sharp. Damn. It was a very, you know, forceful Striker. name. Sharp! Yeah. yeah. You were right in that sense. Um, this, so, this is a very Michael Bay, Michael Bay movie. It's well, got a lot of sort of the disaster porn we were talking about, yeah. which was which Deep Impact was surprisingly not as much as you would expect. This was all of that. They took whatever might have been in Deep Impact <laughs> that they didn't use, and they put the rest of it also in this I don't movie. think there's a scene that passes without something exploding. There's a lot of... Even at, least like, not a, at least there's not a major set piece that doesn't explode by the t- i mean the oil rig that bruce yeah. willis and co are on explodes and it doesn't seem to have any bearing on the plot of the movie well later they're not in the oil rig business and i don't know how long because they all seem to have yeah. moved on rather successfully yeah it seemed like it's supposed to be like 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 a couple days but they've like moved <laughs> moved on really quickly and i know they're like if you're on ben whatever Affleck started his own business <laughs> yeah. do you have any idea how long it takes to file an llc you, you gotta get a small business loan you're gonna yeah. have to find a bank with a good sba mm-hmm. you're gonna have to uh get authorized for that loan you're gonna have to you know file for an llc yeah that usually t- at least a four to six week waiting period you're probably gonna need to get some investors maybe some silent investors like yeah. come on yeah do you have? And any, in the end, I don't even know what his business was. It just seemed to be a building in the sand. The I I got a small one million dollar loan to start Your Inner Child Is an Idiot LLC, and from your dad, from my father, obviously. And even with that small, small, so in, small, insignificant loan, it took me years to get this up and running. <laughs> I began this podcast in 1987. <laughs> Um, people, you said to yourself, people are going to want to remember these movies I'm literally watching right now <laughs> and talk about them later in a format much like radio, but not. But not quite. Um, now, this, going back to the disaster porn, the explosions, this. Wait, hold on. I'm still listing things that get blown oh, up yes. real good, like. Please, please. The space station mirror gets blown up. Yes. The Russian space station. Mm-hmm. Is there anything in between there? Ben Affleck does fuck up a... a Simulator. A simulation. Simulator, yeah. um, um, they... Oh, an astronaut gets blown up. An actual yeah. space station gets blown up. New York gets blown up. Mm-hmm. Paris gets blown up. Yeah. A very racist depiction of Shanghai yeah. gets blown up. I want to say, the depiction of Shanghai in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom in the beginning <laughs> part is less racist than this portion, and it's supposed to be taking place in present day. There's like an old man on a boat, and that's supposed to be, yeah, this is modern day Shanghai. They might as well have had like samurai swords and like <laughs> been like building the Great Wall or something. Like that's the wrong place. But there should have been like a luck dragon just going yeah. by. Um, I was wondering if it, if he mistook the place Shanghai for the actual term, the verb Shanghai. 
He was like, oh. yeah, when people get shanghaied, they're usually on a junk out in the Pacific Ocean, right? And they're like, no, Shanghai's a place, you monster. It's like, too late. I already got meteors blowing it up. It's uh, one of the largest metropolitan cities in the world. But they have the, the, like, the paper kites. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, those are. Yeah. Oh, let's put some paper kites over there. Now, uh, Confucius and Mao Zedong, I need you to stand a little bit closer for the shot. <laughs> um, but I think, and, you know. Mikey B. What's what I call him, Michael Bay. He's a friend. Yeah. He's and a friend. I, I'm sure he would like you to call him that. I, he sounds like a douche. Uh, he can't, you know, he can't be held responsible for... I. Yeah, no, he can't be held responsible for, for 9-11. Um, I, I thought <laughs> about it for it a out. second. I checked it out. and But it is very... Like, this sort of thing is still very... Now, that was a long time ago, too. But that this is still very, like... Watching New York, you know, get blowed up is like... Is he couldn't have known how traumatic it was but at this time, but it is weird to watch someone with glee just watch New York just get destroyed. Yeah. In a very specific... Like, I guess we've seen it in other movies, but, like, I feel like, for example, like in The Avengers... It feels it's like different. they're rubbing up against buildings and sort of knocking pieces off of buildings. This one is just like meteors going through buildings and just you're watching Grand Central Station go up in yeah. flames. And people in like I Love New York t-shirts just like running and like getting blown up. Like it's very gleeful in watching yeah. people get destroyed. Well, and again, Not that Avengers is off the hook, but I like this one yeah. seems like particularly like, isn't this fun? And I'm like, no. Well, and, and there's like literally a guy jumping off of a building in a way that's like oh, famously the Chrysler part of building that. like splits in half and you start seeing people fall to the yeah. street. And again, can't I mean it's still it's gross even without that context, but with that context, it's extra gross. I forgot we also saw he he sent two spaceships into space and blew yeah. up one of them. Yes. Then we blew up the other one's rover. That one got blowed up. Mm -hmm. I also forgot to mention that a meteor gets blowed up. Yes. Yeah. So everything gets blowed up real good. And they, you know, uh, Liv Tyler and Ben Affleck, they blow up our hearts. Wow. Oh, yeah. And Bruce Willis gets blowed up. Well, that's part of the mirror. Yeah. His body. The meteor. It's got to get blown up into parts. Yeah. Um, It's separate pieces. They have 18 days. Uh, yeah. This whole this whole thing takes place in eighteen days. That's that's weird. So even whatever the weird is how I would describe it. Even whatever the 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 time that they, they everybody leaves the oil rig and they have to go find them again, that has to be only like a couple days. Right, and then like they have this sort of blues, uh, blues brothers montage of like getting the band back together, where we have all these people on a rig, and then for some reason we have to scatter them to the winds, yeah, so that we have to find them again. It just seems like a lot of like pedaling around. I'm like, come on, movie, you've got two and a half hours are all necessary minutes we got going. Yeah, I you had Michael Clark Duncan right there, and then later he's like riding a motorcycle in a montage with police chasing after him. Oh, it's just shit. And then, uh, yeah, and you talked about the oil rig blowing up. They, like, hit a pocket of something on the oil rig, and oil's going everywhere. And it's basically setting up that 
that AJ, uh, Ben Affleck's character, likes to challenge. Like he's like he's uh, he plays he by his own rules, yeah. and he and he challenges uh, Bruce Willis's authority. And this time it, it it's bad, and then he fires AJ. But like they don't really explain what happened. Like, am I supposed to have some sort of knowledge of how an oil rig works? Because all of a sudden oil is going <laughs> everywhere, and they're shouting like, and not in any way. It's a very Michael Bay scene where there's just like chaos, and and that can be effective. But in this scene, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Anyway, um, I, I just said, why the, why the oil men are yelling? Just, <laughs> also, the, the weird underage girl thing with Buscemi, like, they make him real skeezy, and they keep mentioning that he, like, dates underage girls or something. Well, it's- I mean, there's a passing joke that uh, Liv Tyler, she's just been around these guys uh, her whole life um, because she's the daughter of uh, Bruce Willis's character, and so yeah. she's been raised on the oil rigs. By roughnecks. And so they make a passing reference that Steve Buscemi's character had to teach, had like take her out to buy Tampax when she got her first period and then had to show her how to uh, insert her tampon. Well, and then when the authorities... And then later, yeah. Yeah, the authorities come to the like uh, the navy or whatever comes to like be like i i'm colonel blah, blah, blah. your country needs you um bushimi thinks that they're in trouble and says like i didn't know how old she was which is like played for laughs but it's weird yeah i'm just gonna and keep saying weird when i'm grossly uncomfortable gross. <laughs> and then later uh when we have to for whatever reason where the movie's just spinning its reels and it's just like you know what fuck it let's reintroduce everyone again um <laughs> And it have this the Blues Brothers Roll montage. Call. They have he's just called Rockhound because he's horny all the time. Yeah, and we see him later at a before he's about to go up in space. He goes to a strip club and gets in trouble. Another weird like yeah. There's some filler scene where he goes yeah. to a strip club. Some guys like hey you're hogging all the strippers because he's using all his sweet sweet NASA money. <laughs> to pay for all the strippers. And, it's not uh, his NASA money. It's his money he got on loan from a loan shark at like 60% oh, interest because he, he didn't think he was going to come back. So he was oh. like, screw it. I've got all this money. Well, it's still stupid. And I'm just yes. like, can we just get back to anything else? And that's one of, I believe that hooker, what would you say, is 10% of the women in this movie? Yeah. At least was, the speaking parts. Yes. There are about, there are about six... Maybe women speaking parts in this. We've got movie. Hooker. <laughs> yes, uh, TJ. Hooker. She's not a hooker. She is an exotic dancer. I apologize. She's an exotic dancer. We have one scientist. Yeah. We have Liv Tyler. We have Ellen Cleghorn, SNL yes. alum, yes. who gets one line, which is about anal probes. Yes. Um, the the pilot astronaut. Yeah, Watts, who um, yeah. she is sexually harassed by our hapless heroes and then thrown by a Russian astronaut during the climax. And at first, it was framed in such a way that I thought, oh, this is when we're supposed to turn against the Russian astronaut. Yeah. No, this is when he saves the day. By, so in a by, way, just stay out of the way of men, women. Just That's by, what I learned. By shoving this highly trained NASA pilot out of the way and banging on the controls with a stick. Well, a wrench. a wrench. So it wasn't completely unmechanical. That's, that's what I call. It's called a twisty stick. <laughs> uh, so that was offensive. Um, what other women we got? 
Um, the the wife of the guy who discovered the meteor. The wife uh, of the yeah, the wife of the guy. The woman uh, she's in Twin Peaks. She also plays uh, George Costanza's fiance's mother in Seinfeld. Um, but she is um, she's a great character and it really shows Michael Bay's love for women because uh, as the the man is discovering the asteroid. Um, she comes in, she's like complaining that he's always in here looking at space and he's like, go get my pad. And she's like, what does it say? Well, do I have a sign that says I'm your slave? And he's like, go get my notepad, go get my notepad. He, like, he just keeps he screaming like, it like a complete <laughs> fucking lunatic. And then he names the asteroid after her because she's a life sucking bitch. Yeah. So which, play, which played for laugh, but right. laughs, but it's because like women every, are horrible. Yeah. They're keeping men down, um, <sighs> and no matter how angry a man gets, it's probably because a woman has pushed him to that point. Um, that's that's about it. All the women speaking parts. I think you've got oh the the woman that uh, Steve Buscemi hits on at the bar. Uh, oh yeah, get some lines. Yeah, he's uh, she's just recently got engaged, and he's telling her that her her ring diamond is ring is fake, which is the first hint. Now, in retrospect, that he actually might be smart, but nothing has told he's us that at that point. But later, when they get to the asteroid, we find out by his own admission that he is a geological genius. Yeah, uh, but no, they, we find out in, in training because when we? he's being questioned, when they have that weird uh, interrogation room, he's got. Two like postdocs and like or oh. like all these things. He like lists all his acolytes. Why is he like, working on an oil rig? Because the money's good and the the scenery changes or something like that. He oh, gives I guess reasons. the uh, the movie explained all this to me. Yeah, you were um, I think um, screaming. You were face first in pasta when that happened. So <laughs> can't be held responsible. Just like the Verve pipe said. <laughs> Owen Wilson is in this movie. Owen Wilson. Wow. 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 Uh, He is in this movie, and I would dare say he's the only charming part of this movie. Which is a good reason to kill him off first. Yeah. He is. the first of our crew to get killed. And he is also not on the rig at the beginning. He's one of the first. That was weird. We are introduced to him in the Blues Brothers montage. Yeah. But I don't know. He's just thrown in there, and he's very charming. He he works on a ranch. He's as charming as you'd expect Owen Wilson to be. Yeah. Although he never says wow. 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 <laughs> he does say, uh, we're just in the first part of space. We're not even in outer space. We're not even in outer space yet. We're in inner space. I'll tell you. My own, my own Wilson could use some work. <laughs> well, I just discovered I had one today. You know how I'm like... I'm bad with accents and uh, impersonations. <laughs> Unlike me, who's very much a chameleon. Uh, <laughs> very much like my Australian accent. Now, one reason that I can get away with that in life is that I'm not an actor uh, by trade. But uh-huh. Bruce Willis, however, uh, is trying to pull off some sort of southern accent, but only on every eighth or ninth word. And it's very weird. And I never really noticed it before, but because we're, you know, we're watching this for notes like this time, usually I'm not taking notes when I watch Armageddon. Uh, I noticed it and it's a little off-putting. It's a little weird. I didn't notice it myself. You well, and an your wife noticed it. Yeah. Um, and she's smart. Now, your, your wife, I did say I am. that. I said, smarter than I am, dude. I said smarter that, than I am. I said in that tone because I've just watched Armageddon, so I think that all wi- women are <laughs> pointless. Um, but, uh, 
I didn't notice that he was doing an accent. I just, not, it just registered to me as Bruce Willis' voice. It's a, li- it's a little... I think he was, like, trying to maybe affect an accent, but gave up. He, like, Kevin Costnered it, where he was like, I'm going to do a southern accent for this whole movie I've already given up halfway through the sentence. Um, Kevin Costnering it would be when the director tells you to stop it. <laughs> hey, <laughs> director's like, I'm going to take a hit on this one. You're going to be American for this Robin Hood movie. Good effort. Gives him a little pat on the butt. Good effort. Stop it. Um, so tell me more about uh, Ben Affleck's teeth, please. I'm so glad you asked. Um, so Ben Affleck, according to my sources, my brother, got new teeth for this movie. Although I don't know if that's true, because I feel like he had, he had fine teeth in Good Will Hunting. Yeah. You can research that if you want. But he did get teeth at some point in his career. Because if you look at Mallrats or earlier, he's got like... I don't know if this will register with you, GJ. But if you ever watch gay porn... I'm not judging you. uh, You'll see a lot of attractive men who are very attractive until they smile. And they've got that baby teeth thing where each tooth has a little wiggle room just like to stretch out if it wants. Just... You know, they're not touching each other. They're all, like, spaced out very particularly. You mean, like, like the nubs? They've got nubbins, but then they also will just be spaced out. They're not, like, dirty or funky or anything. They're just, like, oddly spaced out. I'm like, what are you all... What's going on? (laughs) Oh, you're all on meth? Okay. Um, But, yeah, he's got the little nubbins. He had the little baby teeth where they're not, like... Okay. It's like the gums are still, like, Nah, we're not letting you get out of here that easily. Um. Oh, April O'Neil. I forgot about her. She's another woman who got eight. She almost got two scenes. Uh, April O'Neil, uh, Judith Hogue, mm-hmm. uh, friend of the podcast. No, <laughs> false. She Caleb Mundy and Judith Hogue, <laughs> character actress Judith Hogue, both friends of the podcast. Well, she equivalents. Did, I don't know if she ever lived here, but she did. She was in the show Nashville. Wow. I don't know if she still is. Yeah. Wow. So, um, she plays, what's his name? Chick. 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 Uh, so it's like, uh, Bruce Willis's character's right hand man, uh, plays his ex wife. Wife. At least his, uh, baby mama. Yeah. I also noticed, uh, there is a weirdness. There is weirdness with Liv Tyler. She's the only woman on that oil rig, so naturally there's weirdness. But uh, there is a weird scene when um, Bruce Willis finds out that, you know, they're going to get married. They're engaged. Ben Affleck's giving him a ring. And uh, he's angry about it because he hates Ben Affleck with no qualifications. There's not going to be some weird revelation on the asteroid that counteracts everything (laughs) the movie's been working towards. Um, But... Uh, at one point, all the guys are saying, she's a hottie. She's so fucking hot. She's grown up into a beautiful woman that I want to have sex with, and I'm an older man. Um, but then um, Green Mile says, we all raised Mikey her, Dunks. so we all feel like a bunch bunch of daddies here, yeah. is what he says. I'm like, then stop sexualizing her so much. Yeah, Like, there's this weird, like, the whole movie is just, like, lecherous towards Liv Tyler, the whole... At least the first two acts. I just, uh, I don't want to, I can't, I cannot let any of this off the hook because it is weird and it's we awkward go. and it's Here more awkward than You're it even to needs it to be. But I think I, I got a quote, a uh, good show 
crazy ex-girlfriend when at one point <laughs> the guy says, having a daughter is weird. And I think that's got to be weird, like having a, you know, someone that you raised and right. uh, become, you know, a full grown sexualized adult. But Bruce Willis isn't sexualizing her. That's true. Just Steve Buscemi, Michael Clark Just Dunks, everyone else. And Chick Tracks. And Steve Tyler, for some reason. <laughs> and Ben Affleck, which is understandable. Well, he's allowed to. Right. Yeah. Sexualize her all you want. Well, yeah, okay. She's he's not partner. allowed to. I don't um, I'll tell you one thing about Liv Tyler. She can pull off a lanyard. <laughs> she does have some great scenes with a lanyard. And then, yeah. Some people like to okay. talk about her, you know, her mini skirts and Doc Martens and uh, Empire Records. But sure. it's really that this lanyard look this that lanyard. really is quintessential Rockin Liv Tyler. It's got to be, I'm sure that's a thing for somebody. Ugh, like three people, though. Yeah. And you would never call want us. to be around them. Tell us about it. Don't call us. Don't tell us about it. Well, actually, tell us about it, but don't call us. <laughs> Find a new way to get in touch with us. Maybe by lanyard? Uh, so I was a little confused. I think Deep Impact really succeeds in like showing the world reacting to yeah. a disaster like this. Whereas this movie, I was oftentimes confused as to how much the world knew. Because a New York City, which is a very small, um, you know, sort of hamlet, in the uh, in the state of New York, are you familiar? I, I've heard of Long York Island. I've heard of York. Right. Well, there's a newer one. Okay. On North America. Okay. Oh, um, New Amsterdam. That's what you're saying. It used to be. I can see how you'd make that mistake, but it's actually called. It's now. It's now New York. Okay. So. A bunch of asteroids flew through some of its iconic buildings. Yes. Mark Curry even told some of his uh, fares about it. Um, but then when Shanghai gets hit, which in this movie is depicted as some sort of <sighs> An actual time travel area, uh, feudal China going on. <laughs> um, when it hits there, uh, Billy Bob Thornton says in uh, NASA headquarters, NASA HQ, um, he says, so the whole world knows. And I'm like, didn't they? Didn't they already know that there was asteroids? And also, we see several shots where you can see the fucking asteroid. It's right by the moon. It's the size of Texas. But I'm so... Like, it, it rarely ever stopped to spend any time with people who were not directly in the movie... Right. Like, reacting to time. And when it did, it looked like a fucking Ted Cruz campaign ad. A bunch of, like, rusted-out barns with faded American flags on them, and people wearing flannel and running around, and just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, people with, you know, old-timey gas stations with rusted-out, like, cashier boxes, like, opening up Cokes that still had granulated sugar in them. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Like, what do you think America looks like, Michael Bay? It was like it was like a Norman Rockwell. Hobos riding the trains. <laughs> yeah, with, with bindle stiffs. <laughs> it was just like a Norman Rockwell America. Like, the all of the shots were yeah. very it was it was a very campaign ad. The Budweiser like uh, Clydesdales went by for a minute. <laughs> it made no sense. I'm like what time period is this taking place in? Yeah, it was very strange. 
That's just what 1998 looked like. We're just that old now. I th- well, I mean, when you actually watch Republican like campaign ads, I'm like, where the fuck do you live? <laughs> like, even if you go to the country, this ain't what it looks like. Yeah. We get uh, speaking of weird slow mo because all those 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 uh, campaign ads have like oddly placed slow mo of mm-hmm. just like I don't know like grass or like people like walking their kids to church or something. You're like, why are you doing slow mo? <laughs> we also get a it's like someone impersonating slow mo yeah. in real life. We get a slow mo chair rolling scene. <laughs> so it's supposed to be the like at one point they uh, the government abandons the. The astronauts nuking the the drill rigging team uh, blowing up the asteroid. It's not working the way they thought, so they authorized a remote detonation. So they're just going to blow everything up, even though the people at NASA are saying this isn't going to work. Um, because the nuke is still above ground; it's not drilled into the asteroid. So right. if you blow it up, it won't. It will just fragment it, and it'll still hit the Earth or whatever it is. And um, so it's supposed to be saying like all these military personnel are coming in. They're like big foreboding. You know, guys in in the uniforms with the little hats. They have cute little berets. I like berets. And uh, they're coming in, so there's the ominous music, and then they're showing them walking in slow-mo. But in the foreground, you have guys just sort of slow-mo sliding around in office chairs, (laughs) like NASA personnel. And it's very funny. It's unsettling. Because it happens like three times, like the same shot, <laughs> they keep cutting to it, and I don't know if it's just the, what was the what, how I was oriented in front of the TV, but I my eyes went straight to the guy in the office chair every time. You're supposed to be focusing on the guys in the berets, but you can only see this guy rolling out in front of them slowly. Hey, Carl, do you have a pen? I'm running to Starbucks. <laughs> Who's the berets? <laughs> Uh, funny, you talking in slow mo sounds like um, Mark McKinney's character on. Uh, no, Superstar. it does actually. Yeah, it does. I find it unsettling when people reference movies, and in this one, someone references Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and two people in this movie are in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, so we're so I'm like, to- do you guys give Harry Stanton a hard time because he looks like Bruce Willis? Yeah, or is in this universe is Pulp Fiction is his character in Pulp Fiction, like played by a different actor. Like in, uh, last action hero yeah. where, uh, Stallone is in Terminator two. Whoa. Have you seen last action hero? Yeah. We got to watch that one for the podcast. It's pretty good. Meteor sounds. A lot of meteor sounds. It sounded they're... like fucking Smaug was on the meteor. Somewhere. <laughs> Answer these three questions. <laughs> That's not Smaug. That's a troll, right? <laughs> And to me, my question's three. <laughs> Damon, you're a doctor. Yeah. Um, those are my first initials, at least. Why don't you tell me about space dementia? I would be happy to. Uh, it's a disease that happens within an hour of being on a meteor. <laughs> meteor, uh, And uh, it results in you realizing that your armadillo rover has a gun attached to it. Why? For absolutely no fucking reason. <laughs> what were they thinking? Well, I mean, although it does sound like there is an ancient dragon living on the meteor, <laughs> so maybe they do need a gun. But it is the only way that Ben Affleck, uh, when his space shuttle crashes on the surface of the asteroid, meteor, um, 
It's the only way because his armadillo is stuck in the shuttle in yeah, the wreck of the shuttle. His way out. He shoots his way out like fucking flat top and Dick Tracy. And I'm like, there's no reason why there would be a gun. Just because something's happening, Michael Bay, doesn't mean a gun needs to be present. <laughs> False. <laughs> Are you cooking stir fry tonight? <laughs> Do you have a gun on you? <laughs> um, Cook that steak real good. I don't know if it's just like the what was on Netflix or like if our copy of it from that was weird or something. But in that scene when um when I can't remember his name, the the big guy who when he's running the drilling rig, it like he hits a gas pocket and it blows it up into space and he dies. It shoots him out into space. Shoots him out into space. And there's this, you know, maudlin string heavy music. But it's all oddly out of tune it keeps warbling like we're watching in a, uh, on like an old like the tracking was off yeah it was like they were recorded from vhs is what <laughs> lawrence said it was weird anyway that was an odd there was a lot of people just dying yes and i don't feel like a lot of the times like the, i mean you first off you get owen wilson who dies who's the most wow. charming character because he hasn't like beaten a woman on screen yet. Yeah. Uh, then you have that guy who is a comedian whose name escapes me now, but I I know I recognize him mostly from Herman's, Herman's Head. Head. Why? Why do I remember that show more than more than my boyfriend's middle name, <laughs> which is coincidentally Herman. <laughs> Last name Head. <laughs> uh. But then, like, near the end, it just starts, like, people start dropping, like, flies. And there's a weird scene where Ben Affleck looks over and he's like, there goes Gruber. And I'm like, who? (laughs) I had to, like, look it up. It was, like, one of the NASA, like, pilots that they had to hire. I'm like, don't pretend we all gave a shit about Gruber. It was one of the red shirts. They had to have some red shirts. Totally. But you don't, the thing about red shirts is they don't get, like, oh, my God. Red shirt is yeah. dead. And then they sit there for five minutes, like, bemoaning it. The reason you have red shirts is, like, phaser fodder. Do you think uh, they named him Gruber as a nod to? Hans Gruber? Yeah. You know, that would be a lot of credit. I mean, it could have been Bruce Willis's idea. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember that movie I was in? Uh, <laughs> That's my Bruce Willis doing a southern hey. accent. Hey! <laughs> Hey, Mike, um, you ever hear of this movie, Die Hard? <laughs> what else you got? Uh, I'm so, I've got a, like a big thought left. So if you have any okay. like little tidbits you want to get into. I have, I have uh, a couple of notes on the trivia and a lot of notes on the Aerosmith, I don't want to miss a thing music video. So that, I'm done with the movie. That's all the notes I've got. Well, I guess my last thing, like one of the, in the very end. This is your Jerry Springer closing <laughs> thought. <laughs> Be good to each other. <laughs> or boog... What does he say? What the fuck? What's that bullshit he used to say? Booger trip each other. Booger trip <laughs> um, There's a scene on the meteor where uh, Chick Track and um, John McClane, like, they see a rock coming towards them, and they, like, fall on the ground, and then the rock, like rolls over them but like doesn't touch them it just like sort of passes by and bruce willis gets up and says what may be the most like macrocosmic line of the movie which was can you believe that just happened (laughs) to which i yelled at the tv no (laughs) and i think like i feel like there's a lot of like 
I think you see this a lot when critics respond to like the DC movies. There's sort of a contention of like DC fans, like DC yeah. comics fans who are like, oh man, there's just, a, there's even like a conspiracy theory that Marvel is paying off movie critics to hate DC movies. And as a person who's seen one half of Batman versus Superman, all of Man of Steel, and a good three quarters of Suicide Squad, yeah. I can tell you there is no conspiracy going on. <laughs> um, but I think that people are like, oh, well, critics, they're just eggheads, and they're just like film studies majors, and they don't know what real people's likes is. Um, and I, I have to say, like, on a pure action element, Michael Bay is not a good action director. No. Like, yeah. a lot of times, I'm thinking of this, and especially, like, the Transformers movies that he eventually graduated into, um... A lot of times, I don't know where people are in in relationship to each other. I don't know what's at stake. I don't know what I'm looking at half the time. Especially in Transformers. Right. I'm like, I just see gears and maybe a face. And the human brain is conditioned to see faces and things. (laughs) And if I can't figure out what Optimus Prime's face is, you got a problem. (laughs) Um, But in in that scene, that particular scene, I was like, I have no idea what's fucking happening. There is a rock that kind of looks like a gear that's just like rolling over them but not touching them. And I'm like, I don't... Are they really in danger? Because the movie wouldn't have me believe so. Because they're they just sort of like everything moves in slow motion, mostly because they're in low gravity. Right. Um, so they just sort of fall to the floor as a rock like passes over them, and I'm like, what okay. am I supposed to be feeling right now? Where are they in relation to Ben Affleck? What the fuck is happening? Why does the asteroid look like it has like gastrointestinal disorder? <laughs> It's outgassing because it's getting closer to the sun. <laughs> it's just remember they established that at the very beginning of Deep Impact, and not so much in this movie. Right, this one's like you make it look like that one. Um, so I just think he's not a very good action director, which is what he's hired to do. Yeah, I'd rather watch his version of Summers Bee than his version of Meteor Hits the Earth. Maybe. All right, I got nothing else. You want to talk about Aerosmith, um, or you want to talk about Trivia? How they mistreated Steve Buscemi. Well, yeah, there, there's that. You tell him about that. So Steve Buscemi signed on with the idea that his character was going to be the geological genius. Yes. That we see later. Ooh, I just remembered something else I wanted to bring up. Um, but he... Uh, pin. Um, he signed up with the idea that he's going to be a geological genius. And then after he gets signed on... Because... Mostly because he had been spending his career playing... Like slimy... Low lives yeah. And, you know, people who get put in a wood chipper near the end of the film. Um, and he was like, oh, this will be fun. Yeah. And then they wrote in all these sleazy, like his womanizing, yeah. apparently statutory raping ways um, into the movie after the fact, which annoyed him. Poor I Buscemi. did love from the trivia how much almost everyone involved in the movie hates this movie. Yeah, that was one of the things I was going to... Uh, Bruce Willis said he would never work with Michael Bay again. I don't know if he has or hasn't. Probably Michael not. Bay said he would never work with Michael Bay again. Really? Huh. Um, what a very self... <laughs> well, at one point, uh, apparently, they were talking about how inaccurate this is. Like, they... Uh, and again, this is all IMDb trivia. Take this all with a grain of salt. But apparently, uh, NASA will, will sometimes use this to help train their managers, like, to see how many mistakes they can spot. Which sounds to me like... <laughs> Your eighth grade teacher who didn't want to teach that day, just putting on a movie, but still. Uh, 
but in reference to all the inaccuracies, Michael Bay at one point said something along the lines of like, it's a movie and not people seem to know about what about it. And he means about those mistakes, which is like, uh, go fuck yourself real hard with one of those bikes from the meteorite. <laughs> uh, although, I mean, he does talk about like fire in space. Like he gets criticized for the fire in space. I'm like, I mean, everyone's been doing fire in space. Yeah. I, I'm with him, but like, to a degree like he like it's not like he th- showed fire a couple times like sure he like took the laws of physics and wiped his ass with it which is fine but like don't pretend any otherwise you know what i mean your excuse shouldn't be y'all are idiots anyway right yeah. go fuck yourselves um i did want to bring up that uh we found out from the trivia tied it in um that the producers wanted to up the romantic subplot mm, yeah. of uh, Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler's characters. And uh, so they added those elements sort of late in production, which explains later on when Bruce Willis finally sacrifices himself um, at the end. He says to Ben Affleck, you've always been a son to me, or you've always been like a son to me. And I'm like... We literally met these characters while one was shooting at the other with a rifle. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to try and pull that shit now? Yeah. It kind of made sense, though, that they that all was in. changed. Yeah. And apparently it was because of Titanic. Chicks love this shit. Throw more of that in there. Like, yeah, throw more of that love. What do you call it? Love? Yeah, throw was more Was Titanic that. the first time we discovered that? <laughs> uh, scientists had been circling around the idea of love. Yeah. But they only nailed it in 1996, right as production began. Because as Titanic. we know, Gone with the Wind was like an action adventure. <laughs> that one was built mostly on people's love of racism. <laughs> Um, okay, we're gonna before we go to the verdict, we're gonna move on to the I don't want to miss a thing. We did music watch video, that uh, by Aerosmith, which is Chef's Kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, the most '90s thing I've ever seen. The graphics are from Microsoft Paint. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they used some movie footage, but yeah. clearly whoever helped create this music video did not for the beginning, which is like just a. <laughs> A like Windows ninety five meteor drawn meteor. (laughs) It's a long pan from past the moon, past the asteroids, straight towards uh, the Earth, where we land right on Steven Tyler's face, and he's being filmed in the filter from the movie The Ring. He's got the like the blue. He looks like a J horror villain. Yeah, like he's he's coming out of my shower somehow. The fur coat. I forgot about the fur coat. He's got the fur coat. He looks... We just... Lauren said that he looks like an evil witch in the woods. <laughs> which is true. Yeah, we got we got a lot of shots of uh, Joe Perry just like... It, here's, here's how I imagined the conversation went. Uh, pretend you're uh, Steven Tyler or the manager or somebody asking me to be in the music video. All right, Joe. Joe uh, the idea for this is you're going to be at the bottom of Cape Canaveral. You're going to be playing your guitar... And uh, you're going to look really interested, really invested in all the proceedings. Uh, and you're just going to keep playing while Steven Tyler's dressed like an emu over in the front there. You got all that? Okay. Oh, good. He seems really enthusiastic. <laughs> just glad to be there. 
It always looks like he's got somewhere else to be. So that, and this was also importantly during Joe Perry's weird facial hair. He's yes. got the weird postage stamp uh, mustache just yeah. right at the corners of his mouth. Two little patches not, of hair. It's not even a Fu Manchu. It's not like, a Fu Manchu. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the band is like on this stage that's like at the base of a a launch pad. A launch pad, and then. There's like a bed of spikes around them. Yeah. Do do you know what the spikes? It keeps happen? pigeons from landing near the launch pad. Okay. And homeless people from sleeping on the launch pad. Uh, those fucking, fucking god Jesus. aggressive architecture. It's disgusting. Um, I did not spot Chad, but I did spy with your little hundreds eye. of violin playing astronaut jumpsuit wearing. String players. They're all in orange astronaut jumpsuits. They're very silhouetted. Violins. You can't really identify yeah. any individual. Sorry, person. Chad. Sorry, Chad. Um, Kept our eagle eyes out for you. Um, and then they're still playing when the the shuttle launches, and you know they're, they'd be dead instantly. Incinerate. Houston. We lost Aerosmith. They'd have to radio that in because. And the weird dead. thing is, like, I feel like Aerosmith should know because, I mean, according to their name. They should. They've worked on airplanes yeah. before, at the very least. They are Aerosmith, not Geo Smith. <laughs> oh, he was the guy from uh, SNL band for a long time. <laughs> Good joke. It was a GE Smith joke. Yeah, that's great. He had uh, the guitar that was shaped like America. Yes. Uh, Lauren said this looks like a fan video, which I agree. <laughs> but I feel like all soundtrack uh, videos from the '90s looked like that. They they felt like contractually obligated. Like you have to put clips of the movie in, and it's like you don't need to do that. I don't need to know that this came from that movie just to enjoy this song. But I mean, like I get the clips of the movie. That's not the part that looks bad. You know what I mean? Like that part looks like a movie, right? And it's a movie Do you want the budget watched. of the three-minute movie video to match Armageddon? No, I'm just saying, why, Armageddon? Are they, why are they even trying? Like, why are they... Why did they decide? There are so many shots of the moon and asteroid and Earth uh-huh. in this movie. Why didn't they use those instead of trying to, like... Create their own. Use Excel to make their own version. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I imagine that Steven Tyler did it. That's in my head. On his own. Yeah. And there he's like, hey, guys, I, I did something for the music video. Oh, good, Steve. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. And you know we have footage from the movie. Yeah, yeah I just thought we could use this thing I made. How do, people? <laughs> that's what I always imagine Stephen Tyler Hello, saying. St. Louis! <laughs> uh, what I do appreciate about this is not a criticism of the music video as much as a criticism of Stephen Tyler as a person. But what I like about Scarves. him is that... Uh, scarves, uh, hands on his own face. Yes. And then finally, he likes the Victorian woman about to faint um, wrist to the forehead yes. motion. He loves that. Just to let the, people getting know. The, I call it How getting the vapors. intense he's rocking. That's, that's Steven Tyler getting the vapors. Uh, they have in their writer that he has to have a velvet fainting couch oh. backstage. That's nice. All right, let's go to the verdict. Okay, do you want to do the music video first? Are we giving a verdict in oh, the yeah. music video? Oh yeah, the music video? You are in a child is not an idiot. That's great. 
It's great. Do it. This song. Do it up. It's only three minutes. I mean, you don't even have to be like actively watching. This song, and I'll happily make fun of this song, and it's very cheesy, but it's great. It's a great song. Yeah, and it's a catchy song. Yeah. All right, how about the movie? What do you think? This is shit. This is a garbage movie. This is horrible. When we turned it on, we saw the logo explode, and then we noticed the movie was two and a half hours long. Yeah. Absolutely infuriating. It, I thought maybe, I thought maybe there was a chance that it would be like kind of fun because it's dumb, like a dumb action. And I guess it could be if you're like, but it didn't work for me in that way. I think there are a lot of, there are a lot of Jerry Bruckheimer or Michael Bay movies that I enjoy in their stupidity, their gleeful stupidity. Yeah. Movies like Con Air and The Rock and Gone in 60 Seconds is gleefully stupid. Yeah. And a lot of the, like, I, Gone in 60 Seconds is probably freshest on my mind because I caught it on HBO while my mm. boyfriend fell asleep to it. <laughs> um, but, like, that movie is gleefully stupid and it shares a lot of, like, sort of beats and, like, comedy, like, attempts, like, throughout the movie with Armageddon. But, it knows. I feel like that movie is very confident in what it's doing, and this one is just like, oh, we got to save the world. We got to fill a lot of time. We got to, we got to earn that. This has to be important. Yeah. yeah, and so it's two and a half hours long of just like a lot of stupid shit. When I- almost everything blows up for no reason. Yeah, um, and none of the characters are really all that compelling. I don't think. I don't think it's a. Um- Apples and or-, or apples to apples comparison, but like the, you know, Dante's Peak volcano, deep deep impact in this one, uh, deep impact succeeded in ways that I didn't think it would by like making it small by making the the scope of this very big thing of mm-hmm. the Earth possibly ending into a small character based thing, and that was why it worked. Even though you know it had its flaws, and go to listen to that episode if you want to hear us complain about them, but like. It worked because it, it it focused on a smaller thing, and they kind of, in a in some ways, tried that in the sense that they have like the the triangle between uh, it's uh, to call it a love triangle is gross, but the like the, the Bruce Willis, right. uh, um, Liv Tyler, and Ben Affleck thing, and then I guess a little bit of Billy Bob Thornton char- Thornton's character, but they they just didn't do a good job of that, you I know, think of that- making you care as much about the characters. I mean, I guess like it's. It's not emotional at all when Bruce Willis dies, to me. Like, it was a little no. bit, maybe, I guess. And and it's not a fault of the acting, I don't think. Like, I think what, it's a little bit of the fault of the acting. You think? Ben Affleck's trying to sell it, but Bruce Willis is still has the same fucking smirk he's had the whole movie. It's true. I thought Liv Tyler did okay. Yeah. Um, For what she's given, which I think is yeah. not... It's mostly just like, you know, the movie projecting a virgin whore complex on her. Like, yeah. Bruce Willis wants her to be a virgin for, until she dies. Right. And uh, otherwise, she's a whore. Um, and then Ben Affleck just wants to have a normal relationship with her. Yeah. Maybe uh, uh, it was just... The- but the movie thinks it's funny if the father chases around her boyfriend with a gun. Yeah. Um, not to harp on that too much. I think what's interesting... I think you're right about Dante's Peak is that it succeeded in making its... Uh, 
story smaller. And I think Deep Impact just succeeded in the opposite direction by making its story bigger. Like, it takes a lot of time to have the world react to what's going on. Sure. And it's hard to mine drama from people watching the news on TV. Right. But I think the fact that they can see the asteroid, like, about to hit them, they're sort of given the timeline. This movie takes place over the course of you know, 20 days yeah. or so. Um, but that movie takes place over the course of a year, and you sort yeah. of see people... I mean, it's not children or men or anything, but you see people sort of resign themselves to death right? in a very somewhat compelling way, for a, at least for a big-budget, you know, summer blockbuster. Yeah. Um, you see Taya Leone, the star of the movie, the ostensible star of the movie, say, I'm going to go stand on a beach with my dad and get crushed by a tidal wave. Right. See ya! Was it, which is which was a weird final line. That was a weird quote there. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when she looks at the camera and like does the peace sign. Deuces. <laughs> Deuces, audience. Um, and this movie is just... I mean, part of me... There's part of me being a man that's just like, oh, it's bad for the time. But I think this movie is just absolutely atrocious towards women. And yeah. I honestly think there might be more men in this movie than there are on Earth. <laughs> there <laughs> yeah. are so many men. And yeah. it has no interest in the women as much as they are just plots and uh, or as props and plot contrivances. Yeah. Like, that that scene at the end, which I guess, have we really described it? Like, there's a problem in the... Oh yeah, the with um, the carburetor yeah. or something. What's her name? Uh, Watts. Watts. This yeah. this woman from NASA who's there to help pilot. She's the, the pilot. Ship. Yeah, um, and she's they, she helps train them, and they sexually harass her. They're like, look at Watts, isn't she hot? And they like do a yeah. bunch of like filthy yeah. jokes about her. Um, and then she goes down to see what's going on, and the Russian uh, guy that they picked up from the space station, he's also with them, and he's like. I'm not going to die on this ship. I'm going to go down there and help. And Lauren was prescient in that she was like, if they make this about him saving the day by pushing her out of the way, I'm going to be so mad. And I was like, I almost can guarantee you that's what's going to happen. But I thought it was going to be like, get out of the way, honey. I'll handle this. He literally pushes her against a wall. He like throws her. And you wouldn't even think about it. Or I maybe to my chagrin, wouldn't even think about it if they hadn't cut away to showing her, like, out of, completely out of control, hits the wall on her back. Yeah. And, like, she gives this, this angry glare back up at this Russian guy. And I'm like, oh, my God, this, like, in any other movie, it would be like, oh, they put that shot in there so that we know she actually got hurt. Right. She's furious, and she's about to kick his ass. Yeah. But, but then all he does is no. take... A twisty stick. A twisty stick. And yeah. beats a pipe. Thank you for using that. And that fixes actual. the problem. Yeah. And it's just like, and that, it's like this, like, get out of the way, honey. Yeah. Bros before hoes and pipes before women. Dripes. What? Yeah. What? It would be. It's like offensive in the most core way. It would be Every like, woman is just like a harridan or a. A hottie boom body. It'd be like taking Michael Bay aside and be like, what were you trying to say with that? I mean, from the interviews I've read with Michael Bay, he'd probably say women are bitches. Really? Like, he's a horrible person. Oh, cool. I don't feel bad about any of this, then. It's shit. Don't watch it. It's Uh, absolute shit. Just watch the Aerosmith music video. (laughs) Then you're going to save two hours and 27 minutes. 
And you get to listen to that song, and you don't have to wait until certain points of the movie. And you the get credits. to enjoy the song structure of Diane Warren. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think? Call us, 615-576-0525. Let us know. You can email us at yourinnerchildisanidiot at gmail.com. You can uh, get us on Facebook. You can get us on Twitter at Y-I-C-I-A-I. You can find us on Instagram. Occasionally, we post stuff on there. Um, want to thank our patrons. I'd like to thank uh, Jeremy Powlin. Joshua Nicholson. Karen Kurd. Larissa Maestro. Dan McIntyre. Ghost in the Burbs. And, of course, Jonathan Day. Thank you guys very much. We appreciate it. Uh, if you want to support us, please go to patreon.com slash you and your an idiot. We'll see you next time. And even when I'm dreaming of you, the sweetest dream I do, I What an ugly man. But also kind of a hot guy. Really? Yeah. He's very waifish. Yeah. He likes and he's a- got that giant mouth, like a clam. You like a bird-like.